Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. The song you're hearing right now is No Kind of Fire by Half Gringa, a.k.a. Isabel Olive. If I shot an arrow into heat. Izzy is a Chicago-based vocalist and musician, and she's been making records since 2017. She grew up in Carbondale, Illinois. Now, as a child, I was a multimedia artist, but I never felt like I had quite enough arts education at school. So I really love to hear that her musician origin story starts in her public school music program. I just loved it. I loved playing the saxophone. And so I kept playing it um, through high school. I was in marching band and concert band, and I was the drum major for the marching band. So I just was, I went all in. I went all in. Talking to working artists is such a vibe. It's much-needed proof that when you grow up, you can still make the art that you love and invest in it. It Izzy has self-produced most of her music up until now, but for her next record, she's bringing in some new collaborators. And a part of that includes crowdfunding the project. Izzy, welcome to The Rundown. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I know your mom grew up in Venezuela. And I was wondering how much you were exposed to the music from that cultural realm, or have you been inspired musically by that time you spent in Venezuela? Yeah, absolutely. My mom is like a huge fan of music kind of in general, Mm -hmm. but also it's a super beautiful place. It's like hard not to be inspired, especially Caracas, where my family is from and mostly lives. Um, It's surrounded by mountains. It's sort of like in a valley and on um, a series of mountains. And so there's a big range of them called the Avila. And it's so, yeah, it's so beautiful. It's like kind of majestic mm. in this way. And so whenever I go there, I feel really inspired. It's been, it's been several years, but the last time I went there, I was really inspired by it. And I wrote the song, The Architect, which is on my first record. Usually when I write songs, I start with lyrics. And I was thinking a lot about that trip when I came back because it felt really different to me. Um, It started as like every year I would go back with my mom starting when I was like six months old. And then the time in between kind of got further and further the older I got. And partly because the socioeconomic situation there is not great. (laughs) Um, And... uh, yeah, and I think it was really different. The time I'd been there before that trip was when I was 18, and I, was, I still felt like, you know, kind of a baby. So that that trip in 2015 was like the first time I was there as an adult, mm-hmm. and it felt really different. Um, and I'd never felt... Um, I'd never felt scared to go there. Like, I didn't have a sense of fear, and that was like the first time where I was like really in tune with the news and what was going on from like a very American perspective. And I was like having kind of like panic attacks, like on the way there, I was like scared something was going to happen to us and nothing happened. Like it was totally fine. Like it's been on every other trip. But I think that fear um, was really, uh, 
it had an impression on me and I was just thinking a lot about it when I got back. And so I wanted to write this song that was like addressing that fear, but also um, examining my like adult relationship to my mother's homeland. You are identifying as um, half gringa, <laughs> um, bicultural, binational, um, American, Venezuelan. Um, your music is sort of this mix also. Um, you've got some rock, you got some folk, you got some bluegrass. Um, maybe you would offer some other things. I know there's going to be some violin on this, <laughs> yes. this next album. Yes. Um, do you think the two are connected, kind of your identity and the, the kind of... Um, eclectic components of your music? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always kind of, um, I, when people ask me like, you know, at a party or when they meet me or something to describe the music, I'm always like, oh, I hate answering this question because <laughs> it just feels like, I'm just like, I don't know. It feels like really um, two dimensional to do it and it doesn't give it the full picture. It's like, you kind of just have to listen to it. Mm. Um, but I am acutely aware that like, there are a lot of genres at play. Like, I think there's a lot of jazz at play like the one of the first instruments that I played was the saxophone my dad is really into jazz he loves Charlie Parker like I really wanted to be Lisa Simpson and so <laughs> I think a lot of that really inspires me but then also like a lot of like current ra Latin rock music like I really love the band Dos Santos they're based in Chicago mm -hmm. um, they're like a Mexican psych band I think they're amazing um yeah, I just, I'm really inspired by my peers and the music that they're making, which feels very eclectic to me. And so it makes sense that like that kind of feeds into my music and my own, you know, things that I grew up with. Like I did listen to a lot of like country music. Um, Leanne Rimes was like the first artist I saw in concert when I was seven. And um, yeah, I, I think it's like I've picked up a lot of things along the way and all of those things influence me. And I'm never really thinking like, oh, I'm trying to make like this kind of music. Like, I don't want to be limited in that way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, your music also feels extremely personal. Um, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm getting a, a glimpse into your heart, right? And your feelings. Um, and I know you also wrote a song um, to a friend who's dealing with an illness, right? Um, I... I just feel like it's so vulnerable and honest, which for me can be really scary. <laughs> um, yeah. But when I hear it in your music, it feels extremely relatable. It makes you more relatable. And I wonder if you can talk about bringing that vulnerability into your work and how it creates a connection with the folks that are listening. Yeah, it's really hard because um, I've been, I think as I've uh, gotten older and just, you know, worked on more projects and written more music, I try to be really deliberate about what I am and am not sharing. And even beyond just like trying to be, you know, to maintain, maintain some sort of level of privacy, it's also just like, am I ready to write about this? Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard because writing is a way that I process things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I start writing about things and it's like, it's too soon. I can't do that. Um, and so once I have a little bit of distance, it's easier to look at something a little bit more objectively and not feel like if I had to cut anything from this, it would be like painful, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. 
You also do a lot of writing on your blog, Scrap Poetry. Yes. <laughs> this was also where I was introduced to Izzy, the social justice creative. <laughs> um, you critique the actions of our local officials. You encourage readers to call their reps and be nice to each other. Um, and I wonder if you could talk about infusing your social justice leanings into your connection with fans also. Yeah, I mean, to me, and I think to most artists in Chicago, like, I think that we're all pretty much on the same page that, like, everybody's really using their platform in a way that can benefit something outside of us, something that's greater. Mm. Uh, I think there's a real sense of community here, and especially in that way where it's just, like, we're all pretty, like, up on the news, you know, like, we're all reading Block Club, and we're all, like, listening to stations like WBZ and like, <laughs> you know, getting, getting informed and want to make sure that people know that there's stuff like at a really small local level that they can be doing that makes it feel a little bit more doable. I want to shift gears a little bit because I know you went to Greece over the summer. I did. To the smallest smile <laughs> artist retreat. I know from experience, leaving the continent, taking time for your creative self, that in itself is a journey. Um, but then you get back and you realize it's a whole other journey, just reacclimating and unpacking all of that. Um, would you be able to talk about any reflections that you've had or been able to integrate so far from that retreat? Yeah, um, kind of related to the first part of your question, which is just like about giving yourself time and space to do something like that as an artist. I feel like I always forget that having other life experiences and just like taking in other art, being in other places, being inspired, like giving yourself the sort of like creative food that you need yeah. to like make art that's so crucial and yet yeah it's so hard to justify it's like oh I'm gonna like go to another country and do this thing that sounds absurd you know it sounds it sounds more palatable to be like oh well I'm gonna go to Michigan and like hide in a cabin and like write a bunch of stuff like that's also a thing to do but I think I realized I was just feeling very depleted artistically and um, I picked Greece because I've been there before um, it's so mm. beautiful there's so much to be inspired by. There's so much contemporary art that is happening, um, especially visual in Athens. Art. Yeah, visual art. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it just felt really rejuvenating. Mm. It, it was just something I really needed. And I like brought some recording equipment that I had sort of like pared down and my acoustic guitar, which was a pain to take across the world, but it was worth it because I just like set it up. Um, but I wrote a couple of demos there and um, those are going to be on the next record. Uh, I felt hey. really good about them and it was nice to just like not be pressured. I was like, if I come back with nothing, it's still successful. Yeah. Congratulations on being able to take that time to yourself. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that new music. Um, you are working on a new album for mm -hmm. which you have a GoFundMe, mm -hmm. um, which will be in addition to some of the, um, grant writing that you're doing yes. to fund this project. Have you ever crowdfunded for an album or an EP before? I haven't. Um, I've been sort of hesitant to do it, and part of it is a little bit of imposter syndrome. I'm like, 
why would people donate the money that they have earned through their own work to me, an artist, (laughs) you know, like, which is not very nice to say to myself, but I I really was hesitant to do it because I also felt like I'd been able to make it work, like supporting my music, like supplementing it with my day job because like I have a full time job and that I I feel lucky has been able to like sustain that work for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And then just like grants and, uh, you know, show fees and other stuff like that kind of supplement. And I've been able to cobble it together. I I have done two records and an EP and I've done them in really specific ways. And this time I was like, I want to do it this way and I want to work with this producer and I want to work in the studio in Chicago. And like it costs more money this time. It just costs more money. I have amazing musicians, like absolutely world class musicians. And shout out, shout them out. Shout them out. Quinn Kirchner on the drums, incredible drummer. Victoria Park on the bass, amazing bassist. Uh, Sam Cantor on guitar. Brendan Cabrera on keyboards and synths. Uh, Lucy Little on violin. Ivan Paizo on trumpet. They're all amazing. They're all so good. <laughs> I can't, I can't overstate how good they are. Also on your blog, um, Scrap Poetry, you mentioned that you're taking a different sort of marathon approach to recording this album. Talk about how you're changing your process for this and why. The way I've done it before is um, I've done like weekend sessions, like, you know, three to four days in the studio um, a weekend at a time. And it's like a weekend and then maybe like a month later I'll do another weekend. And it's been really tight like I I try to make it so that we do the maximum number of songs in the least amount of days just Mm -hmm. so it's been cheaper but this time I was like I really want to take my time I feel like especially the last record I felt like I was um not giving myself enough time to like think about things and make decisions and try out different stuff and luckily um Brian Deck the engineer I'm working with He's so experienced and just knows, like, you need more time. Mm. It would be good for you to have more time in the studio. And I know that the way that he likes to work is he'd rather do the entirety of the project more or less in one sitting. Just because you can kind of live in the world that way, it makes sense to, like, play a show and then go into the studio for 10 days and just, like, do it. Mm. Um, And it it will feel like running a marathon. (laughs) I have been kind of preparing for it like that. How Um, how are you preparing yourself? Well, I'm doing dry January, um, mostly mostly for sleep and vocal reasons. I just like can't I can't wreck my my voice because if I'm going to be singing that long, you know, we'll structure it so that I'm not like going crazy. But I just have to like make sure that I'm as hydrated as possible. Um, Brittany Howard from Alabama Shakes, she has like a a video on her Instagram about this vocal concoction that she makes. It's like a turmeric, ginger, uh, honey tea. And I was like, I will be making a gallon of that and (laughs) drinking it in the studio. Um, (laughs) And then just like, yeah, just trying to sleep. I am taking time off work for that, which is amazing. Again, my job has like amazing flexibility for musicians. and and just so I can put my whole brain on it. And I just hope that when we get there, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, okay, this is the time to get weird and explore some stuff and just like fully unleash the sort of like creative energy 
that I have been holding on to. Yeah. <laughs> all in all so. in one sitting. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Um yes. You mentioned Brian Deck, percussionist, music producer, pretty prolific guy, currently at Narwhal Studios in Chicago. What has it felt like? You know, I know with Half Gringa, you wear so many hats, right? You're you're the songwriter, you're the you're the front woman, you're the fundraiser, right? Um, <laughs> you know, to kind of d- delegate that at least that production and engineering kind of component to him feels really great. Um, that that to me feels like the biggest level up. Yeah, because I've been sort of like self-producing. Like, I feel like I'm at a point where like, I know what I want, which I think is a really strong thing to have. Yes. But I've also worked with enough people that I'm like, I know when to like, let people um, utilize their own expertise, you know, like, I'm not so good with drums. Quinn Kirchner, I know he can just like, absolutely pick up whatever I throw down for him. And I think letting people shine in their own right and like like Lucy, the violinist I've worked with for a while, she's going to do string arrangements for a bunch of these songs. And yeah, and it's like I want I want people to like be able to feel like they have the creative freedom to do stuff um, and and let them. Yeah. I think that's a, a part a crucial part of being a band leader is knowing how much to lead and then how much to just like be the hype guy for the people that you work with. Isabel Olive is a singer, musician, and songwriter. Izzy, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to go out on one more song by Half Gringa. This is Classic Domestic from her first album. can check out Izzy's blog at halfgringa.substack.com. And if you're itching to see her perform, you are in luck. She's performing tomorrow, Wednesday, January 10th at Shuba's. You can get tickets online. Doors open at 7.30 and the show starts at 8. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banaszak is our executive producer and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. And we love to hear from you. Send us an email. Tell us what you want to hear on the show. You can email us at therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.